What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values. How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Matthew 25, 23. I am Rob West. Christians are called to be faithful stewards of God's resources. When we do that, we leave a legacy for generations. Today, I'll talk with Tom Conway about what that means and how you do it. And then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, I'm excited to have my good friend Tom Conway on the program today. Tom is a CPA by training, a certified kingdom advisor, and a founder of Legacy by Design. Tom, it's a joy to have you in the studio today. Thanks, Rob. It's great to be here. Tom, I think we all leave a legacy to our children and grandchildren, whether we know it or not. But there are actually three kinds of legacies that you teach about. And I'd love for you to unpack that for our audience today. Yeah, I think I I originally thought there were only two, though, the kind of the one you received, which you did or didn't have any control over. Okay. And for some people, it was a great legacy. And for others, it was a very difficult one. Uh, and then there's the one that you leave. But over time, I've come to realize there's a third one, and that's the one that you're leaving every day. People are watching you. You know, if you're at home with your family, your kids are watching you. And you can say one thing, but they're watching what you do with your time, with your resources. And that is part of the legacy that they're going to remember at some point uh, based upon your life. Yeah, that's really important. The legacy you received, the one you will leave, but then the one you're leaving every day, which requires us to live intentional lives. Now, Tom, getting to your work, you help families plan their legacy. And this, of course, isn't a one-size-fits-all process, is it? No, every family is unique. And one of the things I seek to do is just to get to know the family, not just mom and dad, um, because they generally are the people that I work with initially, but I often ask for the permission to get to meet their kids and interview their kids. And that gives me a whole lot more insight into how to help the whole family. I imagine it does. So for our audience today, uh, how do you help families prepare a legacy? What does that look like? Well, I think it all starts with questions, Rob. It's just especially with a family, you're wanting to know what are their desires, what are their hopes and dreams for their kids. And um, and in the work that I do, I'm really asking them about five areas of their legacy. Okay. What is their personal legacy? What do they want to be remembered for? Um, the second is their family legacy, and that's where we talk about their kids, their grandkids, their parents if they're still alive. The third is their financial legacy or their wealth transfer. Uh, what what kind of an inheritance do you want to leave to your children that's going to be a blessing and not a curse? Mm. Because as you know, uh, too much money in the hands of the wrong people can not be uh, helpful. That's right. But it can be very detrimental. 
And the fourth is uh, their business legacy. If they're business owners, you know, what are you going to do with your business when you're gone? Are there family members that want to be involved in it? How do you plan to exit it at some point? And then lastly, and really importantly, as well as your charitable legacy, what are you doing currently to impact the lives of others through your charitable giving? And then what do you want to do at the end of life to uh, to bless the kingdom of God? Mm, wow, that's powerful, Tom. And I suspect for most families, they haven't thought about their legacy in quite this way, either under these various headings or with the intentionality you're bringing to the process, right? Yeah, and I think sometimes people think that legacy is all about money, especially yes. here we're talking about money. So people are thinking, yeah. well, that's all it is. It's all about how much money am I going to leave and how am I going to leave it and to whom am I going to leave it. But it's really much more than that. It does include money, but it's really not about money. Probably the most significant legacy you're going to leave is not about money. It's about your faith. It's about your values, your character, the memories you leave with your kids. So I think sometimes I just want to get people away from thinking only about the money part and think about the other parts. Oh, that's powerful, Tom. Well, obviously, we've just gotten started today. There's a lot more to talk about. We're going to continue this with Tom Conway today to talk about leaving a family legacy. What should the goal be for your family as you think about legacy? What is it you should desire to achieve in this process? And where do folks get it wrong? Tom Conway is with us today. He's a legacy planner, a certified kingdom advisor, and today helping us to think about leaving a godly legacy. Stick around. As a faithful listener of this program, you know that there's life-changing financial wisdom in God's Word. And FaithFi is here to help you and millions of others learn to be good and faithful stewards. As a nonprofit organization, we rely on help from monthly FaithFi patrons, supporters of this mission, to help us continue and expand our outreach. Has God provided financial answers for you through this ministry? If so, consider becoming a monthly FaithFi patron. Visit faithfi.com and click Give. Have you downloaded the FaithFi app yet? You need to do that today because this is going to make your life easier. Yes, you can manage your money through the in-app envelope feature, but also plan out future goals. I want to buy a house in five years and I'm on track to do that. Here's also what I like. You can connect with people around the country. It's like social media, but better. Ask a question, get an answer and share what you're learning about money and investing. So why don't you grab your phone right now and download the FaithFi app? Great to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. Today I'm talking to my friend Tom Conway. He's the founder of Legacy by Design. He's a certified kingdom advisor, and he really specializes in helping families leave a lasting legacy. And that's more than financial. As he said before the break, that's your personal legacy, your family legacy, your business legacy, if you're a business owner, and your kingdom or charitable legacy. And that's all in addition to your financial legacy. And uh, Tom, just before the break, you were walking us through how we should think about that, what goals perhaps should guide us as we think about the legacy we want to leave? Well, I think number one should be, what do you think God wants you to do in this situation? I often uh, encourage people with the idea that I have two goals for you. One 
is that you hear, well done, good and faithful servant at the end of life, because there is going to be a final exam for every one of us. We're going to stand in God's presence. He's going to say, what'd you do with what I gave you? Yeah. And so we're going to have to answer that. But then secondly, I love uh, what Paul says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 and 29. Uh, he says, we acknowledge him warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all the energy that God has works throughout me. So the whole idea is to present people mature in Christ. So the question is, how am I doing personally and growing in my own maturity? But then also, how are my children doing? And what can I do to help them to get there? Mm, and how have you been successful, Tom, once uh, a family realizes this, the matriarch and patriarch, and helping them to really lean into that and perhaps be more intentional to think about the faith legacy they're leaving? Yeah, well, part of it is I ask permission and get permission generally to talk to their kids. So, and and a lot of times, you know, kids can be anywhere from two years old to 40 years old. So uh, mostly with adult children, when I get to talk about adult children, and by the way, if you think about that, that terminology, adult children is an oxymoron. <laughs> they're either adults or they're children. And the question is, how are you treating them? Are you treating them as adults or are you treating them as children? But um, in the conversations I have with the kids, I just ask them a lot of questions in the same way I do with their parents, not so much along the areas of those five uh, points that we mentioned earlier, but just about how they're doing in life. You know, what are, what's your, you know, how are you happy with what you're doing? Uh, how are you doing financially? Um, how are you doing relationally? Who are your friends? Uh, what are the things that are influencing you the most? What about your work? What are you interested in? What would you really like to do if if money was not an object? What would you like to do? So those kinds of questions to really get to know the the kids a little bit better, and that enables me to help the family. Um, for example, I, I did it with one family. They had four kids, and uh, so I got permission and actually met with each one of the four kids, and they were all married. So I got to meet with them and their spouses and asked them a lot of questions, got to know them pretty well. And then I went back to mom and dad and said, hey, you guys need to know you've done a great job with your kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, these kids are pretty solid. You don't need to worry about the fact that your money's going to ruin them because they're going to seek to steward it just like you have sought to do that during your life. So it was really encouragement to the to the couple to know that, yeah, somebody who's totally outside of our family has been able to observe our kids and uh, is confident that they're going to do and be good stewards just like we have sought to be. Yeah. Tom, what about a family that realizes their kids are not there spiritually or maybe they're not mature financially? How can they, after they identify that, begin to lean into that to prepare them so they can either make a decision not to leave money, which could further accelerate their move away from the Lord, or perhaps help to make progress in that direction between now and their death? Well, I think you have to ask yourself the question, if you're leaving money to a child, what is your hope that that money will do? Um, what I do with a lot of clients, I have them write an introduction to their documents where they they uh, put in writing what their hopes and dreams are for their kids. But, you know, depending upon the age of the kids, if the kids are still in the house, 
you still have a, a, an ability to influence them. Once they move outside the house, it becomes a lot more difficult. But you can also do things that would benefit them. So I've had clients that have taken their kids when they weren't strong in their faith on a mission trip. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go build a, you know, a building, or we're going to build a church, or we're going to build an orphanage for people. And sometimes just getting people exposed out of their element of, um, you know, confidence into a place where they see the needs of others, it just really begins to open up their mind. Mm. How would you counsel those parents that really feel like when they answer that question, what is my hope, that they won't be able to accomplish that by giving the inheritance, that it's actually going to accelerate a lifestyle that's moving quickly away from the Lord, and yet they're conflicted because they feel like that's just part of their responsibility to leave money to the kids. How do you help them think through that difficult decision? Well, I tell people that there are three myths in um, estate planning. First myth is I'm never going to die. We know that's not true. Right. The second myth is I've got the highest priced attorneys in town. Certainly my estate is in good shape. I say, <laughs> well, that could be 50% correct. You might have the highest priced attorneys in town. And then third is that it's my kid's money. I mm. said, God didn't give it to your kids. He gave it to you. And so if you're going to give it to your kids, you need to seek to make sure that they're going to steward it well. And if they're not, then really what it comes down to is a conversation. I tell people there is going to be a family meeting. It's just a matter of whether you're going to be there or not. Mm. So if you can begin to talk to them, and even you know if you're not inclined to leave money to them, you just need to tell them, and you need to tell them why. And I would I would not disinherit uh any children, um, but I might leave different amounts to different ones depending upon how I feel that they're going to be able to manage it. You and I both know Ron Blue well, and he says, if you love your children equally, you will treat them uniquely. Uh, people often struggle with that, that I need to treat all my kids the same, and yet you're supporting that idea that that's not true. Yeah, that's not true, but communication is really important. Hmm. I just think what happens in a lot of families is people don't talk about money. So the kids don't know how much money mom and dad has. They don't know what they're going to do with it. They assume they're going to leave it all to them, but they don't know. And then if you think about it from another uh, perspective, Rob, is that uh, when most people leave money to their kids, it's when they die, which yeah. they may be 80, 90 years old. That means your kids are 60 or 70. You need to be thinking about when do, what do my kids need when they're 20 and 30 and 40? And if I have the ability, what can I do to help them now as opposed to waiting to when I'm gone? Mm, this is great. And Tom, what's the benefit of all of this when you watch a family implement what you're talking about? Well, <clears throat> for me, it's a lot of fun just to see the joy that they experience and the peace that they have because they've, they've um, talked with their family. And quite honestly, I've done a lot of family meetings where we get these things out on the table and the kids get to speak um, uh, in an environment where they feel comfortable. And then I actually get to mediate that conversation. Mm. We've only scratched the surface, but Tom, great insights. Thanks for stopping by today. 
You're welcome. My friend Tom Conway has been our guest today. You can learn a lot more about planning your family legacy at LegacyByDesign.co. That's LegacyByDesign.co. Your calls are next, 800-525-7000. I'm Rob West, and this is Faith and Finance. We'll be right back. As the leading advocate for the Christian financial industry, Kingdom Advisors serves the public by promoting the integration of a biblical worldview across every aspect of the financial services industry. And we serve a growing network of thousands of Christian financial professionals, equipping and empowering them to carry biblical financial wisdom to their clients, peers, and community. For more information, visit KingdomAdvisors.com. That's KingdomAdvisors.com. We're grateful for support from Eventide Investments on the Faith and Finance program. Eventide's approach to values-based investing is grounded in the belief that humankind was created in the image of God with intrinsic dignity, value, and worth. Eventide calls this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at eventideinvestments.com. That's eventideinvestments.com. Well, God owns it all. We're stewards or managers of his resources, and now money is a tool to accomplish his purposes. Let's apply God's wisdom to your financial decisions today and head right back to the phones to beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, Billy, thanks for calling. Go right ahead. Hey, I got a quick question. I'm 32 years old. I have a 401k with my company employer. They match 10% of my income. I'm currently putting eight. Been heavily considering going up to that 10% recently. Uh, you know, really, I'm just, I'm curious, how can I make that work best for me for the long term? Like I said, I'm 32. So, you know, God willing, I got time on my side, you know, 30 plus years before I retire, but I want to get yeah. the, the max investment in that as I can so that when I do retire, you know, my, my wife and I are, are set well and, and maybe even can, uh, you know, pass that along to my kids one day. Yeah, I love that. Well, first of all, uh, don't think about changing jobs because uh, that benefit that you have on a, a match up to 10% is incredibly generous. Uh, so I, I would absolutely take full benefit of that uh, because that's free money. So if they're going to give you a dollar-for-dollar match on up to 10%, you putting in 10%, which now becomes you know doubled, uh, is significant. 20% of your income, which is beyond even, you know, what we would typically recommend. Uh, and if you do that for the next 35 years, I mean, you'll be in really great shape. So I'd take full advantage of that, Billy, as you're able to, so long as you don't have consumer debt and you've got an emergency fund. Now, the key on the 401k is, I mean, this is just a bucket you put assets in and, uh, and it grows on a tax deferred basis. Um, what you put into it in terms of the investments you select is, is another story altogether. And so that's where you need to either get some counsel or talk to your plan administrator or do some research on your own. But you're going to want to make sure that you're in the right investments inside that 401k that are appropriate for your age and risk tolerance. And I would imagine you're going to be on the more aggressive spectrum, just given how long your time horizon is. Now, the key here is that the the 401k with a a systematic contribution through your salary deferral um, is what's called 
called dollar cost averaging. And so what that does is it allows you to uh, buy a consistent amount every month. And when you do that, uh, when the market is down with the same contribution going in, you're buying more shares. Uh, well, the beautiful part of that is that as those shares recover, you're going to benefit for that. And if you don't need that money for a long time, uh, buying those extra shares when the market is down is going to really help you gain some ground down the road. And what a lot of people don't understand is that really a bear market is a great thing for a long-term faithful investor because who wants to buy at the top all the time? You're buying at a discount. So I think the key for you and your wife is, number one, let's try to, you know, I'm glad you're getting a match on that 8%. Let's get it up to 10% when you can because that's free money. Number two, if you do this faithfully for a long time, especially now in a market that's down, you will be really handsomely rewarded down the road. And thirdly, let's make sure you're in the right investments that are appropriate for where you're at in terms of you being a young family looking to grow this over a long, long period of time. Does that all make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could, could you just speak on what you called that again, the, the uh, option there? Oh, yeah. Dollar cost averaging. I mean, you're doing that automatically. That's not anything you have to tell them, but that's just the the term for what you're doing. So anytime you're making a systematic uh, investment of a, of a set dollar amount, which is what you're doing because your paycheck's the same every month and you're putting in 8% and they're matching the 8%. So that same dollar amount is going in. But the, the idea behind dollar cost averaging is the investments that you're buying are moving up and down. So in a market like where we're in right now, the prices are down of the investments of the mutual funds you're buying. So with the same consistent investment of dollars going into the 401k, and then with the same purchase of that mutual fund, you're buying more shares of that fund because it's on sale. It's selling at a discount because it's down. So as the market recovers, and as those investments recover, now that you own more shares of them, you're going to benefit from that as the prices rise. And that's just part of the power of compounding coupled with a systematic monthly investment, which is what you're doing through this salary deferral into your 401k. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, so, so I, really, I, I should yeah, go ahead. get with the, really, I should just get with who manages my 401k, you know, it, you know, it's through fidelity and they offer, you know, for me to pay them to help me management. Is that something that maybe you would consider me taking up? Potentially, I'm not sure what their offering is, whether that's an ongoing fee or a one-time fee. Certainly, if it's a one-time thing, I, I would take them up on that just to make sure that you're not too conservative in the you know funds you picked. I mean, if you're sitting in a bond fund or something and you know at 30 uh, years of age, that's not where you want to be. You're going to want to be in something more aggressive that has the potential for growth, even though it's going to be a little more volatile. So having some outside counsel on making sure you're positioned right, if it's a one-time thing, makes a lot of sense. And then and as you make contributions, just make sure that's being automatically reinvested into those same investments. So listen, you're doing great here, Billy. I think you're on the right track. I'd get some advice, but just keep doing what you're doing and try to bump that up to take advantage of the full 10% match as soon as you can. We appreciate your call. Uh, to Missouri, hi, Fern. Thank you for calling and for your patience. Go right ahead. Hi, Rob. Thanks. Uh, I'm a senior, and I'd like to put in $100 a month at least to some kind of a savings if I can get a decent return. And then also, second question, my son works for the airlines in uh, security, 
and uh, he's 50 years old, and he's like everybody else. He's lost a lot on that 401k, which he's yes, been in, what, 20 years? Yes, ma'am. So those, those are the questions. What should Got we it. do? Very good, Fern. Well, I'm delighted you called and I hear that sweet little puppy in the background. When you say, I want to get as much return as I can or yield on my savings and I want to be in a in a bank, the way to do that is to not use the brick and mortar banks. Now, you can leave your checking account right where it is. You don't have to, you know, sever that relationship. But what I would do is have your son help you set up an online savings account for the $100 a month and he could go to bankrate.com, bankrate.com, and find which online bank is the best. I would have him look at Marcus, M-A-R-C-U-S, or he could look at Ally, A-L-L-Y. Any of those two, I think, would be great. And you'll get a lot better return on the uh, savings account through those. With regard to your son's 401k, listen, everybody's down. I know it's frustrating. What I would tell him is just stay the course. He's still got 15 years or more before he needs this money. And if he continues to put in the same amount every month, he's getting more shares of those investments with the same amount going in. That's what we were just talking about with the previous caller. It's called dollar cost averaging. So tell him just to muscle through it. We'll get through this. The market will recover and just keep contributing to that 401k. Well, once again, our time went by way too fast, but tune in next time and we'll do it all over again. Before we go, I'd like to thank our incredible production team, Amy, Devin, Jim, Robert, Brandy, Rob, and Ben. Couldn't do it without them. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you again next time for another edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you. 